You ask about God. Why is this so? After all that I may have done or all, all that I am believing you for. Praise God. Hallelujah. But I want to assure you this morning that it doesn't matter how big your battles might be. Maybe it's a spiritual battle. Maybe it's a physical battle. It's a marital battle. It's a financial battle. It's a personal battle. I want to assure you this morning. Praise God. This very first Sunday in the month of September, the Lord is in the midst of your battle and he will grant you the victory that you deserve in Jesus' name. He will grant you the victory that you deserve in Jesus' name. It doesn't matter what the world is saying or what the world has said, God is faithful and is in the midst of your battle and he will see you through in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to show you a strange text that will help you and I will equip you, praise God. Look at the book of Deuteronomy chapter 20. Let's deal with the Old Testament this morning. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 20. And let's look at an advice, an instruction from the Lord to his people before the battle. Praise God. This was a time when God was giving them clear instruction, directives, warning, guidance as to what they ought to do in the midst of every battle or when they get into a battle. Praise God. So let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 1 to verse 10. And please pay attention to this text because I'm going to be teaching a lot instead of preaching. It says from verse 1, When thou goest out to battle, do you see that there? So this instruction has to do with battle, praise God. What you ought to do, what you should pay attention to, praise God. The thing that you shouldn't be doing, thing that you should make sure, I mean, that you, 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 you pay attention to, you hold on to, praise God. It says, when thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest houses and chariots and a people more than thou, the very first instruction from the Lord is that what? Be not afraid of them. Can we all say that together? Be not afraid of them. One more time. One more time. I want you to say it again one more time. One more time. Be not afraid of them. Praise God. Who is speaking here? God Almighty giving an instruction. Praise God. The very first instruction, the very first guide, the very first warning is that you should not be afraid of them. Praise God. Be not afraid. Look at the way he puts it. When thou goest out into battle or out to battle against thine enemy and seest horses and chariots, if you see horses, you see chariots, not only that, if you see people who are more than you, people that are more than thou, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, who oh, am afraid? No, no, no. Even though they look more than you, don't pay attention to them. Don't pay attention to the horses that you are seeing. Don't pay attention to the chariots you may be seeing. Don't pay attention to the people that look powerful and stronger. Don't you pay attention to them. Because you know what? You are serving a God who is far beyond any people upon the face of the earth. A God who is more powerful greater. Praise God. So the Bible says, be not afraid of them. Why? It says, for the Lord thy God is with thee. 
look now. Are you going to fear the people or are you going to fear God? Who are you going to fear? Praise God. So if God is on your side, who is supposed to fear who? They ought to fear you because you have a very big God on your side. Praise God. Now take note of this. Thy God is with thee which brought us thee or brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Now I want you to pay attention before we get deeper. Anytime you go out there and you are afraid of the people that look in your own eyes, they look stronger, better, bigger, mightier, more equipped, wiser than you, listen to this, God says, don't be afraid of them. And the reason is because I am with you. There's no one stronger, no one wiser, no one better, no one bigger than I. Now, anytime you face a battle and you tend to be afraid, you know what you have done? You've despised the strength of God. You've despised the wisdom of God. You underestimate the sovereign power of God. You humiliate the integrity of God. So every time you face an enemy, don't even bother to look at them. Look at your God. Because it will be an insult for God to stand in the midst of your enemy. Praise God. And then, you allow yourself to begin to act in fear and unbelief. That is, listen, that is the worst thing you will ever do. That is the worst thing you will ever do. God standing, it's like a little child, right, that is afraid of a roach. I always give this example, mostly when I'm talking about faith. That child is afraid of a roach, and the dad is standing there, and the dad is saying, don't run, don't run, just stand, and the child is still screaming and shouting. And the daddy say, you can smash that roach, that roach with your two, uh, 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 with your toe. Excuse me. Praise God. You can smash that roach with your toe. You don't need to be afraid of that roach. You don't need all your strength to kill that roach. You only need your toe to smash that roach. But if you don't know that you can smash and kill that roach, you'll be afraid. And look at it now. Even if the father will say, okay, go and smash that roach. And you are screaming and shouting. You know what? The father will feel bad and feel offended because he knows exactly your potential and he also knows his own potential that even if you cannot kill the roach, I can kill the roach. Praise God. And so if he says, go and smash that roach, don't be afraid. And you are running away from the roach. <laughs> Praise God. You'll be insulting the integrity of your father and you'll be humiliating yourself. Am I making sense to you this morning? Praise God. So God is saying, do not be afraid of them. When you see them, they look mighty. When you see them, they look great. When you see them, they look powerful. They look smarter. They look financially buoyant. It's like they are much more educated than you are. It's like they have a very good foundation than you are. They are more qualified than you are. The Bible says, God says what? Be not afraid. One more time. Let's go over that again. Say, be not afraid. One more time. One more time. One more time. I know why I'm asking you to emphasize on that word, be not afraid, because there is so much we're going to see here. Praise God. Verse number two. And it shall be, and it shall be, when ye are come nigh unto the battle, when you get to the battle, 
that the priest shall approach and speak unto the people. That is the first decision. The priest, the men of God, had to speak to the people. Praise God. And verse 3, that is very, very important. I wish I'm dealing with leadership issues this morning. I would have been able to emphasize more, but let's go fast because of time. It says, and shall say unto them, what is the priest going to say unto them? Hear, O Israel, ye approach, take note, I love this, I love this so much, it's so important. Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day on to battle against your enemies. Let not your heart, what, faint. It is another way of saying, be not afraid. And then he reiterated the word again. Fear not. So for the third time, do not be afraid of them. Let not your heart faint. And then the third time he says what? Fear not and do not tremble. Neither be ye terrified because of them. Be not tremble. Neither be ye terrified because of the doctor's report. Because of the bills that you have to pay. Because of what you are going through. Because of your debt. Because of the challenges and the problems that you are experiencing. Be not terrified. Be not afraid. Let not your heart faint. Three different words saying the same thing. Let not your heart faint. Fear not. And do not tremble. Neither be ye terrified because of them. In the midst of the battle. So, but pastor, that's not easy. But let me tell you something. There's something that is very important that I want you to pay attention to. As a child of God, you ought not to be moved by what you see. You ought not to be moved by what you experience. You only have to be moved by the word of God. You understand me? The world will say it's not going to work and it will never be possible. But if the Lord says it is going to work and it is possible, take God at his word. Praise God. I'm going to reveal deep things to you this morning. You're going to be so surprised at the things that God did afterwards. Praise God. The Bible says that the Lord said unto them that their heart should not faint. Not only that their heart should not faint, they should fear not, and they should not tremble, and neither should they be terrified because of their enemies. It says because of them. Praise God. Many times as believers, we allow ourselves to be abused. We allow ourselves to, 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 be, to be bullied by the kingdom of darkness. We allow ourselves to be broken down because of the challenges, the trials, the difficulties, or the battles that we face in life. And sometimes it is not even the battle itself that kills some people. It is the fear of the battle that kills them. The fear of the sickness. When the doctor say, oh my goodness, where is your husband? I can't just share this news with you. Right away you begin to what? To tremble. You feel nervous. You're like shaking. You don't want to hear that bad disease. You don't want to hear that bad information. Oh, they said we brought the result concerning the exam. And you are swelling right away. You don't know whether it's positive or negative. Fever catched you right away. And you have all these chili bumps all over your body while you are terrified. They say if you know how much this is going to cost, you're like, oh my God, oh my God. It's like you are completely lost out there. Below, let me show you something. 
The Bible says we ought not to be afraid. Why? Because already God makes it clear that he's going to be with you. Praise God. Now look at some few verses. Exodus chapter 14, verse number 13. Put your hand there in this particular text. We're coming back to our text. Let's go to Exodus chapter 14. Quickly, Exodus 14. And let's see verse 13. Exodus chapter 14 and read verse number 13. Thank you, Jesus. Exodus 14, 13. What does it say? Praise God. And Moses said unto the people, praise God. What did he say? Fear ye not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Which, take note, take note, you will see the salvation of the Lord, which he, that is almighty God, he will show to you today for the Egyptian whom you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. This is Moses speaking on behalf of God. This Egyptian that has troubled you over the years, they've enslaved you, and now they, they, they are pursuing after you, and you thought that this is the end. There's mountain on the left, there's mountain on the right. The enemy is pursuing them from behind, and in front of them is the, the Red Sea. God said to Moses, say unto them, be still, and know that I am God. Praise God. He says, for the Egyptians that you see today, you see them no more forever. Now look at it. Moses said unto them, fear not. The very first thing again he emphasized, don't be what? Don't be afraid. Stand still. To stand still means be quiet. Relax. That is faith. The Bible says in Isaiah, in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. Stop breaking your head. Listen to this now. Stop breaking your head over that which you cannot do. Because it is God that will do it. Stop breaking your head over that which you do not know. He's the one who knows it all. Stop breaking your head over those things that you cannot change. He's the one that will change them. Stop breaking your head over those things that doesn't exist. He's the one that will make them to manifest themselves. Praise God. Your fear is a sign of unbelief. God said to Moses, say to them that they should fear not, number one. Number two, be still, stand still. Number three, they see the salvation of the Lord. Hallelujah. For the Egyptians, they will see today, they see them no more forever. Do you know why you still see the Egyptians, you still face your battles? It's because you are still afraid, so the battle still stays. Isaiah 41 verse 13. Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, we're going somewhere. Just follow me. Isaiah 41. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's see verse number 13. Isaiah 41, 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand. Who's going to hold your right hand? Saying unto thee, fear not, I will help thee. Do you see that again? What is God saying? Do not be afraid. Why? I will help you. Now, look at these things. Pay attention now. Do you see all the scriptures that I'm giving you? Pay, pay attention to this. Every one of them that I'm giving you now, they are telling you not to be afraid. Why? Because God is there. Number one, I'm with thee. Praise God. Number two, I will help thee. Praise God. Number three, I will show you things that you've never seen, you've never known. 
The Egyptians that you see today, you see them no more forever. In other words, because God is in the midst of you, God is taking control, God is the one that is going into operation, you have no need to break your head. Praise God. How many of us are more powerful than God? Raise up your hand. You are powerful than God. You are wiser than God. You are stronger than God. You know more. So turn to your neighbor now. Say, stop humiliating yourself. Say, it is an embarrassment when God is busy and you are worried. Stop insulting yourself. Say, I'm warning you. You better stop this now. Shout hallelujah. Amen. The Lord says, I will help you. Fear not. Why? I am responsible to help you. Matthew chapter 17, verse number 7. Matthew 17, 7. Hallelujah. Matthew 17, verse number 7. Thank you, Jesus. Are we there? And Jesus came and touched them and said, Arise and be not afraid. Arise and what? Arise and what? Arise and what? Arise and what? The disciples were so afraid. If I look at verse 6, it says, And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were so afraid. They were what? So afraid. And Jesus just touched them and said what? Arise. Be not afraid. Fear is terrible. Fear is very traumatizing. These are the reasons why 365 times in your Bible, 365 times, be not afraid. Fear not. Do not be afraid. In other words, God is saying you take one capsule of not being afraid for the day. Each day have one provision not to be afraid. It will kill your life and strengthen you and uphold you till the end of the year or throughout your lifetime. Matthew 14, 27. 14, 27. Praise God. 14, 27. Just a uh, page backwards. Over there. Hallelujah. And it says, but straightway Jesus spake unto them saying, be of good cheers. Why? It says, it is I. Be not what? Afraid. Be not afraid. Now let's be honest. You are man. You are human, put it that way. You are both living in the natural and the spiritual. And you are serving a God that is beyond your comprehension. Of course, it's going to do mysterious things, miraculous things, strange things, unfortunate things, things, things that you cannot, you, you cannot even understand. Imagine someone coming walking on top of the sea and he's telling you, don't be afraid. Of course, I will be afraid. It is natural. That's the natural fear here, right? But yet, in the midst of the natural fear, God is saying, still don't be afraid. I am in control. Praise God. Why? Because with man, it can be impossible, not with God. With God, all things are possible. Now, have you forgotten that he created everything? So is there anything upon the face of the earth that should trouble him? He created everything. He created everything. He owns everything. He knows everything. He understands everything. So God wants us to walk by faith and not by fear or through fear. We ought not to allow ourselves to be frustrated or troubled or feel 
traumatized by the things or the happenings around us. Look at the text. Go back to Exodus chapter 20. Praise God. We are still at verse 3. It says, let not your heart faint, fear not, and do not tremble, neither be ye terrified because of them. Many of us feel terrified, we are trembling, we are confused, we are frustrated because of what we see, because of what we know, because of what we've heard, because of what we've experienced, or because of what we're going through. But yet, in the midst of that, God is saying, do not be what? Don't be afraid. Look at verse 4. Look at verse 4. Hmm. Very interesting. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. You know when I was believing God for a word this morning, since the weekend, I'll be, I've been trusting God. I only got this this morning. And I'm like, God, what are you trying to say to the church today? What is your instruction? And verse 4 is what caught my attention so much. I spend a lot of time meditating on this particular text. Now, beloved, pay attention very deep. Many times, we spend time meditating on the problems instead of spending time meditating on the God who can handle the problem. We spend time elevating, exalting the problem instead of exalting the character of the God who can solve the problem. If I ask you now, what are the things that you are going through? Trust me, you're not going to give me a scripture and so, well, I've been dealing with this scripture, trusting God in his character, in his power, in his love, and his mind. I won't hear that from you. If I ask you, what are the things that you're going through now? Oh, pastor, if you know, hmm, the amount of debt that I owe, my credit card is overmarked, you know? And Lord, uh, pastor, if you know my problem with my husband, if you know my wife has done this, and if I, you come and explain all kinds of problems, and this is where we get it wrong. Stop explaining trouble. Stop explaining your frustration. Stop explaining your disappointment. Stop explaining your problem. The more you do, stop meditating on the past wrongs or the past mistakes or failure. The more you do, the more you increase the activities of the devil in your life and the more you glorify the act and the activities of the devil. Begin to glorify God. Now take note of this verse 4. The reason why God says you should not be afraid, the reason why God says you should not fret, he says you should not tremble, your heart should not faint, you should not be terrified, he says because he's going to be with you. Now listen verse 4. He says for the Lord, your God, is he your God? Do you really know him? And this is the problem. The very first problem is that many people they sing and shout unto God, but truly, truly, God is not their God. You remember last week, we studied about Israel, praise God, and the Bible says they were not serving the true God. Can you imagine that? Bible tells us Israel was not, at that time, they were not serving the true God, but yet they were involved in activities. The reason why you are scared is because you know you are not right with God. He's not your God. The reason why you are, you, are, you are acting up and you are so afraid and you have to, I mean, acting in fear is because God, listen, they that know their God, the Bible says they shall be what? Strong and they can do what? 
exploit. So if God is your God and you really truly have experience and relationship with him, you will be strong and you can do exploit. But the reason why many believers are not strong, they are weak and frail, and they cannot do exploit is because they have no relationship with God, number one. Number two, they have no knowledge about God. They don't know they are God. They that know they are God. You are serving a God that you don't know. Do you know him? Do you know what he can do? Do you know how powerful he is? Do you know if God says you will not die, you will not die? Do you know if God says you are healed, you are healed? Do you know that if God says it is settled, it is settled? You see, until you come to the point where you know him experientially, you know him personally, you know him relationally, you know him spiritually, you know him intimately, then nothing will frustrate you. Nothing will act as a disappointment to you. Nothing will break you down. Praise God. Why? Because you have a personal, intimate relationship or experience with God. Until we get to that point, until we get to that time in our life, where we are settled in our heart, we are settled in our life, we say, this is God, I know God. And because you know God experientially, you know God personally, you know God relationally, nothing is going to trouble you. Praise God. But if you don't know him and you are believing, oh God, you know, I'm just believing, I don't know if you're going to get it done for me. And then God begins to say, is he talking to me? Is he talking to me right now? You're saying to God, I don't know if you can get this done for me. And God is saying, is he talking to me? Right away, God is saying, you already disqualify yourself because your statement or the question shows that you don't have faith. Praise God. But when we believe God, we believe him based on what we know about him. Based on what we've experienced with him. Based on our personal relationship with him. Praise God. So, the Bible says, for the Lord your God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Now, I have a question to ask. Based on the text, contextually. Contextually. I will say that again. Based on the text, contextually. Now, when they go to face the enemy, how many of them are going to fight? How many of them are going to fight? How many of the Israelites are supposed to be fighting at this particular time? Hmm? What? How many of you say all of them? Put your hand up. Don't be scared. Put your hand up. You see my brother just raised his hand. You believe what he said. Raise up your hand if you believe that all of them are going to fight. Raise up your hand. I really want to see your hands. Okay, put your hand down. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Okay, what do you believe? I'll call you, but I will because your hand was not up. <laughs> oh, but I mean, your hand was not up. Just the soldiers. Okay, yes. None of them. Thank you very much. Read the verse carefully. Look at it again. This is the problem that we have today in the Christian faith. God is saying, go into the battle. You go there, but I will do the fighting. It doesn't concern you. Did you get the secret now? I told you, I was meditating on this, and I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? It's the same thing that God said to Moses. He said to Moses, he says, be still and know that I am God. Not that you are God. You are not God. You are not qualified to be God. You are not capable of being God. In Exodus, you remember that? 
He says, be still. Be still means be quiet. Relax. Forget. Just, just hands up. Mind your business. It doesn't concern you. You've come to the point in the midst of this battle wherein it is God's responsibility now. It is no longer your responsibility. It is no longer your decision. It is no longer your choice. It is no longer your will. It is God's responsibility, God's will, God's choice. And so he's saying you've done your own part. You've shown up in the midst of the battle. Let's go and let me have my way. So he said to them now, the Egyptian you see today, you see them no more forever. And that was the end of Egypt at that particular time. Hallelujah. Now look at this particular verse, Exodus 20, where it, um, uh, Deuteronomy 20, where it in verse 4 again. Deuteronomy 20, verse 4. For the Lord your God is He. Do you see that there? He that goeth with you. So by rights, you're not going by yourself. You remember the Bible says, not by power, not by might, but by word. The Spirit of the Lord. Not by power, not by might, but by the Spirit, said the Lord. Now, these are the points that I really want you to pay attention to. Now, look, 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 look. You see the way we missed the answer just now? That's how we miss it in our personal life. Because when there's a problem, oh my God, oh my God, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Oh, who's going to help me? Oh, where should I go? Who should I call? Can I call auntie? Auntie! Oh my goodness, yes, my auntie. God is saying it doesn't concern auntie. It's none of auntie's business now. It's my case. It's an insult. I'll say it again. It's an insult. Most times, whatever it is that God is supposed to do, or whatever it is that concerns God, praise God, that God is supposed to do, you take upon yourself to act as God is an insult. In fact, that is even worse than the unbelief in itself. What is faith? Faith is to take God at his word. Let's go back to the verse. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you. So you're not going by yourself. Who is going with you? God. It is stop there. What is God going to do? What is he going to do? He says to fight for you against your enemies. To fight for you. These are the reasons why sometimes when they get into the battle, the Bible says before they even get there, the enemies, they are fighting themselves. They kill themselves. And before the people of God get there, They've destroyed themselves. Then they are surprised. They are shocked. How come? Praise God. All that they have is a testimony. Why? Because God had already gone ahead of them and fought their battle and gave them the victory. And they didn't even realize what was going on. Listen now. Let me show you something. Anytime God continues to repeat certain aspects in your life, he's trying to teach you a lesson. He's trying to say, pay attention. Pay attention. <laughs> Pay attention. And many times we don't pay attention. God continues to repeat a formula. He continues to repeat a pattern or a process. He's calling you to attention for you to know that it is my job. It is not yours. Hallelujah. He says, I will lead you into the battle. He says, I will fight for you against your enemies. And look at what he says. He says, to save you. To save you. To save you. Now, I will say this verse again because I'm going to read the other verses that is going to surprise you. It says, to save you. God says, I will go with you. He says, I will fight for you. And then he says, I will save you. I will go over it again. He says, I will lead you. I will go with you. He says, I will what? I will fight for you. And he says, I will save you. One more time. I will lead you. I will go with you into the battle. I will fight for you. And I will save you. Praise God. Now, after that statement came out to the people of God, they heard very well clearly 
But God knew very well that their heart conditions were not in place. Sometimes you will still hear God, but your heart condition is not in place. You will still come to church and hear the word. You still, you still don't have the faith that you're supposed to have. You still don't have that assurance. So look at what God did now through the servant of the Lord. Look at verse 5. It says, and the officer shall speak unto the people, saying, what man is there that had built a new house? Take note of this now. A man that has built a new house and had dedicated it, praise God, sorry, and had not dedicated it, let him go and return to his house. Listen, listen very carefully. The Bible says, let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle, and another man dedicated it. I read this, I'm like, no, wait, wait, God, something is wrong somewhere. It sounds like a misfit. We're talking about a battle now. They're supposed to know that it is obvious they might die. Praise God. Or look at it from another perspective. God already told us that he's going to fight. He's going to lead us. And he's going to save us. Do you remember that? The three things that I emphasized. He will lead them. He will fight for them. And he will save them. But you know that there were people that were among them that don't believe. They don't believe what the Lord has said to them. So that is why the man of God have to explain it to them now. See, you know what? If you know you just built a house, take note now, and you have to go into this battle, go dedicate your house, lest you die in the midst of the battle. Why is it that specifically it is this set of people that will die in the midst of the battle? That is what we ought to ask ourselves. After God has promised that he will fight, God has promised that he will lead, and at the end in verse 4, God has also promised that he will save them. You promise you're going to fight, you're going to lead, you're going to save us. But why are you telling us now that this particular set of people should go back home, dedicate their houses, lest they will die? Do you know why? Because in the midst of the battle, these people will be thinking back as to all their what? Their achievement, all their resources, and everything. In the midst of the battle, they will not be, be faithful enough to depend on God totally. They will be fearful. Why? Because they will be looking back into their yesterdays, looking back into their investment, looking back into their family, looking back into all that they've done, and they will be worried in the midst of the battle. So God says, people like this are not qualified to fight with me. They are not qualified to go with me. They will not act by faith. Praise God. Imagine at one time, Jesus said to a man, that came to Jesus. He said, how can I inherit the kingdom of God? And Jesus said to him, go sell all that you have. He scratched his head. <laughs> well, what did he just say? Jesus said, all that you have. Give to the poor, and then come and follow. The Bible says the saying was so hard that the man, he looked at Jesus and walked away. He was not ready to do anything with Jesus right from that moment. Why? Because his mindset was tied neat to all that he possessed. And the Bible says, Jesus himself said that a man's life is not supposed to be assessed based on what he possesses. Praise God. You can still have millions of dollars in your account. You can live a flamboyant life. You can have a financial muscle. You can have mansions all over. But you are still a dead man, a dead woman heading to the pit of hell without Christ. Praise God. So Jesus 
In the New Testament, gives several instructions as to how we ought to keep our focus on the things of God other than the things of the mundane things of this life. So look at verse 5. He says that the officer said unto the people, What man is there that had built a new house and had not dedicated it? Let him go and return to his house, lest he die in the battle and another man dedicate it. So people that will die in the battle are people whose heart, you know, you know, there are people who will be in the midst of the battle, but their heart is not unto the Lord. Their heart will be on what? Their material possession, their houses and lands and things that they've already bought. Praise God. Verse 6, it says, And what man is he that had planted a vineyard and had not yet eaten of it? Let him also go and return unto his house. Let he die, uh, lest he die in the battle and another man eat of it. Says, let that one also go. Why? Because he's thinking about all his investment. Who oh, have already invested thousands of dollars there. I've done this and I've done that and I've done this. And so you know, my goodness, now you're telling me to live a holy life. How can this be? Now you're telling me that I should serve God. How can this be? These are the reasons why in the New Testament, the Bible even says it's very difficult for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle. Praise God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man. Praise God. Why? Because all their possession is where? Right there on their head. They're concerned about their achievement. They're concerned about their dreams. They're concerned about all of these things. Listen, if you have concern, God is much more concerned than you are. Praise God. Jeremiah 29, 11. What does it say? I know the thought that I think towards you, that the thought of peace and not of evil, to bring you to what? An expected. And what is your expectation in life? What are your dreams in life? What are your focus in life? What are your visions in life? What do you want to become? God thought, he thought, the Bible says, they are better and best than what you've ever anticipated. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 7, the Bible says, it talks about a, 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 um, a man that has had a few. Praise God. Um, verse 6, sorry, and that the Bible says he should go and make sure he gets his harvest or else he will die in the battlefield. Praise God. Because in the battlefield he will be acting faithlessly. Praise God. Verse 7. And what man is there that had betrothed a wife? Praise God. And had not taken her. <laughs> Praise God. Let him go and return unto his wife. Lest he die in the battle. And another man take her. Praise God. Relationship. Relationships. Some of these things are the things that stand as a stumbling block to whatever God wants to do in our lives. Or they are standing as a stumbling block against where God wants to take us. God wants to take us so far, but our connection, our relationship, everything is so much to the extent that they are standing against our faith. They are standing against our trust in God. We cannot believe, we cannot depend and surrender all to God. Why? Because these are the hindrances. Relationships, material things, acquirement or, or achievement in life. Praise God. And verse 8, this is the worst one. Verse 8 is the worst one. Praise God. But let's, let's deal with some aspects from verse 6, 7, and then we come to verse 8. Let's, let's allow verse 8 to rest. Let's deal with some of these aspects of verse 6 and verse 7. What we'll see here is the cares of this life. In a summary, the cares of this life. 
I'm concerned about what I've done, what I have achieved, what am I going to become in the next few years? What about my dreams, my vision? What about my wife or my children? Mark chapter 4, verse 19. Mark chapter 4, verse 19. Mark chapter 4, verse number 19. Look at what the Bible talks about, the cares of this life. It is not wrong to care, but look at what it does. It, 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 it endangers your life. Mark chapter 4, are we there? Verse 19. Hallelujah. Take it from verse 18. And these are they which are sown among thongs, such as hear the word. Verse 19 now of Mark. Can we read together verse 19? To go. And these cares of this life, or this world, you see that there? And the cares of this life, or the cares of this world, and the what? The deceitfulness of riches. You see that? The cares of this life, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in. What happened? Choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. Unfruitful. The cares of this life, other material things, desired things, not that they are wrong, but eventually what's going to happen? They're going to choke the word of God that is in you. They're going to suffocate the word of God that is in you. And at the end of which, you know what's going to happen? You're not going to be productive. You're not going to be fruitful. Praise God. Why didn't you come to church on Wednesday? Ah, because I was so busy. I was so busy. Were you a lazy brother at that time? You were doing something and you, you, you just relaxed and crossing your legs. No, maybe you were not lazy. You were not idle. You were engaged in doing something. But your busyness has caused spiritual barrenness. And sometimes people that say they are busy, watch them. They're not going any far at all. It's like the way African people dance. We dance one way. In that one place, we have all kinds of style. In that one location. If you go to a party and you see a white man dance, you'll be shocked. They don't, they don't have lyrics and all these things. And, you know, they, 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 they don't dance according to the sequence of the song. You see the white man dance here? And jump here. Hey, how are you? Are you okay? What's your name? Oh, I'm Michael. Oh, I'm Jack. That's how they dance. He goes there and makes friends. He comes here again, he dances, he makes friends. But you see the African man, if he's right here, he will do all the style and all the this. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> no making any friend, no extending any relationship. So you are what? You are locked down in a particular location. You're not moving. You are tied down. Many times we are like that. We're stuck. We should allow ourselves to be able to what? Elasticate our minds, elasticate our talents, our potentials, but yet at the same time, we should never allow ourselves to be drifted away from God. It is not wrong to be ambitious. It's not wrong to have a vision. It's not wrong to be involved. It's not wrong to be effective in, in your, your plans and, and, and the things that you've decided to do in life. But the question is, are you allowing those things to drift you away from the will of God? He said, the cares of this life and the lust of other things, other things, Choke, they choke the word of God and it becometh unfruitful. Many Christians are unfruitful because they are thinking about their bills, thinking about how to manage themselves tomorrow. How am I going to take care of my children? 
How am I going to take care of this marriage? How am I going to manage my health? What's going to happen? So you begin to worry ahead of time. Things that God already said he will do, you are worried about it. Things that God is saying, I am in charge, you are worried about it. So as a result, worry here, worry there, worry there, worry here. And before you know, you are suffocated. And then that's how you totally abandon faith. You cannot believe in God for a miracle anymore. You cannot be believing God for healing anymore. Why? What is healing? You don't think about it. You know, you're thinking about go seeing the doctor. You don't believe God will heal. What is faith that God will provide? No, you're thinking about just have a job. And then I don't need God. I don't need faith. Praise God. So now we act based on our, our instinct, based on, on the system and the structure that is in place. And we don't act by faith anymore. Praise God. So what has happened? The Bible says the need, the necessities, the thoughts of the life of all that you are doing and what you want to do, choke the word of God. And at the end, you become what? Unfruitful. Unfruitful. How I pray you will not be unfruitful in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the name of our God. We shouldn't allow the things of the world to stand as an hindrance. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 9 verse 62. Luke 9. I hope I'm blessing you this morning. Luke chapter 9, are we there? Verse number 62. Thank you, Jesus. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. This is the statement of Jesus. Oh, I'm believing God, I'm believing God, I'm believing God. But then when push comes to shove, you say, I don't believe anymore. Oh, I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm waiting on the Lord. You've waited one, two years. You say, ah, Pastor, I can't wait anymore. Whatever God wants to do, let him do it. But you know what? I'm gone. I'm doing my own thing. The Bible says, if a man puts his hand into the plow and he turns his back, he or she is not fit to enter into the kingdom. Why? Because already you despise the character of God. You've despised the sovereignty of God. And you've despised the power of God. Praise God. Luke chapter 14 verse 26. 14, 26. Thank you, Lord. 14. Are we there? Verse 26. Hallelujah. If any man come to me and hate not, look at this, hate not his father. Wow. Pastor, is this in your Bible? Yes, yeah, it's in your own Bible too. Hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters. Yea, and his own life, his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Is Jesus saying this? Jesus is not saying to actually literally go and hate your mother, hate your brother. I will hate everybody. I only love Jesus. That is not what he's saying. But let me interpret this scripture with this scripture now. Let's see Matthew chapter 10. Let's look at the interpretation of this verse. It is in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. Matthew 10, 37. Are we there? Matthew chapter 10, verse 37. What does it say? He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. So you see that now? So what he's talking about, hating A, B, and C, and all of that, is not actually talking about hatred. He's trying to say you must love me more than your father. Love God more than your husband, your wife, your mother, your brother, your sister. 
Praise God. And he that loveth sons and daughters more than me is not worthy of me. So I have a question. Do you really love God more than your daughters or your sons? Do you really love God more than your job? Do you really, truly, let's be honest, you sincerely love God more than everything else? Do you? Ask your neighbor, please. Can you ask them? It's a secret question. Do you love God more than everything else? <laughs> He's not answering, right? Or she's not answering. One more time. Ask him or her. Say, do you love God more than everything else? Praise God. Let me show you some reasons as to why we ought to love God. Why do we have to love God? This God is always there for us. This God is faithful. This God is powerful. This God is good. This God placed his life on the line for you. Can you imagine that? And he's saying, I have loved thee. We, what? An everlasting love. Look at 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse 9. It talks about God standing for us, God fighting for us. It says clearly that the eyes of the Lord move to and fro upon the face of the earth just to show himself strong on behalf of those who love him. So if you love God, it's going to bring you to a point of advantage. Praise God. Second Chronicles 16. Thank you, Jesus. Are we there? Can we read together? Let's read verse um, 9. Are we there? For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Do you see that there? Why? To show himself. God is going to show himself on your behalf. Strong in the behalf of them. Whose heart is perfect towards him. Is your heart perfect towards God? Are we perfect inwardly towards God? Whose heart is perfect towards him? Hearing thou hast done foolishly, therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. You will not have war in Jesus' name. You will not do anything foolishly in Jesus' name. But you will keep your heart perfect towards God. Keep your heart. Psalm 34. Let's stay a little bit in the book of Psalm 34. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse number 7. Psalm 34 verse 7. When you are in the midst of the battle, remember God is with you and don't be afraid. Be confident. The angel of the Lord, what? Encamped round about them that fear him. He delivered them. Can you imagine this? Did you get what I just said? Now look up and look at me. It's interesting. The Bible says the angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him. Imagine God surrounds you. God is covering you. God is protecting you. Who is that person that will come in and trespass the presence of God to hurt you? Who is that individual that will come in and trespass the presence of God to cause havoc in your life? It's not possible. Not possible. You see, but if you don't have faith, that sense of unbelief will give an opening, a leeway for the enemy to come in and touch you. Why? Because of unbelief. Hallelujah. He says, the angel of the Lord encamped round about them that what? That fear the Lord. Praise
praise God. Round about him that fear the Lord. Do you fear the Lord? That's the point. If there's no fear for God, there's no security for you. Praise God. And he will deliver you in the name of the Lord Jesus if you fear him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Psalm 125, Psalm 125, verse number 2, Psalm 125, verse 2. Let's be fast so I can round up Psalm 125. Are we there? Thank you, Jesus. Psalm 125. Verse 2. At the mountains around about Jerusalem. Do you see that there? So the Lord is round about his people from henceforth, when and out, even forever. Do you see that? God is going to be round about you, just as the mountains are round about Jerusalem. Is he a God that will lie? No. Is he deceitful? No. Will he fail you? No. These are the reasons why Christians are not arrogant. We are just confident. We are just bold. It is just, if God says, I won't die, I won't die. I don't care what the government is saying. I don't care who is going to pull the bullet. Pull the bullet, it will just bounce back. Why? Because God told me that I shall not die. Praise God. He said, you shall not die. You shall lead to declare the glory of Almighty God in the land of the living. So it doesn't matter what the world is saying. This is what makes you uniquely different from the people of the world. Oh my God! Oh my God! Ah! Ah! They will be screaming and shouting, calling for neighbor to help. You will just go and close doors behind you and say, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Is she crazy? They said the husband is in the hospital, or the wife is in the hospital. She is singing. And before that woman or that young man get out of the room of praying and worshiping God, by the time he gets to the hospital, the, the, the individual is already discharged. Why? Because the presence of the Lord already gone ahead of him or her. Praise God. May I say this to you? If God has promised you that you will be safe, believe him. And depend on his word. Psalm 91 verse 4. Psalm 91 verse number 4. Thank you Lord. I'm not moved by what I see. Hallelujah. I'm not moved by what I see. Hallelujah. He says Psalm 91 verse 4. He shall cover thee with his feathers. Who is going to cover you? God. Imagine God covering you. Satan comes to touch you. Is that possible? No. It's like a pregnant woman. You've all seen a pregnant woman before, right? If you want to touch that baby in that womb, you have to touch the mother. It's not possible. If you have to go bite that baby or pinch that baby, you must pinch the mother. Uh-uh. Hey, you dare touch that pregnant woman. You know them with their temper. Bah! They will slap you. What's wrong with you? It's not to say you're pregnant. Say, I want to touch that baby. I want to pinch that baby. Go try it with a pregnant woman. She will slap you or kick you and say, what's wrong? Are you crazy? That's exactly how God operates. Imagine you are covered. You are, the Bible says we are in Christ Jesus. We are covered with the blood. We are covered in the Holy Ghost. We are covered in the Father. So listen and listen, beloved. If Satan will touch you, he must first of all touch Jesus. He must first of all touch the Holy Ghost. He must first of all touch the Father before he can touch you. And these are the reasons why 
You can go to a village, they say, oh, if you say certain things, you will die. You will go there and say whatever you want to say, you won't die. You will march out majestically. Why? Because you are what? You are covered. You are at your place of work. Others are having a fight with the manager and all of that, but you, you will just walk in and out easy and things are done perfectly. People ask you, how do you walk it with a man like this? How did you, I mean, get along? How come? Why? There is a greater one that is in you than him that is in the world. Praise God. And so when you walk in there, the presence of God walk in with you, the grace and the power, the favor, and everything is upon you. And so you are able to do or to fulfill or accomplish your task for that day without any conflict. Why? Because the Bible clearly says that he shall cover thee with his feathers, praise God, and under his wings shall thou trust. His trust shall be thy shield and buckler. Praise God. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flyeth by day. I am not afraid. Turn to your neighbor and say, I am not afraid. One more time and say, I am not afraid. Say it with life. Say, I am not afraid. Say it by faith. Say, I am not afraid. With confidence, I am not afraid. Luke chapter 14, uh, chapter 21, sorry, Luke 21, 18. Thank you, Jesus. Luke chapter 21, verse number 18. Luke 21, 18. Hallelujah. 21, 18. Are we there? Thank you, Lord. Verse 18. It says, But there shall not an hair of your head perish. Hmm. Thank you, Lord. Take it from, from verse um, hmm. 17, 18, 19. Praise God. Hallelujah. It says, And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but there shall not an hair of your head perish. God even promised me that nothing is going to happen with the hair of my head. It reminds me of what happened with Shedrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Babylon. You remember that account? The Bible says they were threatening that they are going to throw them into the midst of the fiery furnace. But the men said, even if God has decided that we're going to be born this way, we are ready to born. We're not going to bow. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? They threw them into the fiery furnace. The Bible says in the midst of the fiery furnace, Jesus was there. The fourth personality was there. At that time, he was not physically born yet. Can you imagine? And Nebuchadnezzar, the unbelieving king, looked there and says, wow. I'm sure we threw about three men into the midst of the fire, but I can see a fourth personality. He's like the son of God. Where did he get that revelation? <laughs> How did he know? At that time, the Son of God was not yet born. Mystery. When they brought this man out, the Bible says their smoke, their, I mean their coat, their hair, their clothes, nothing smells smoke. But yet the men that threw them in the midst of the fiery furnace, they were not in the midst of the fire, they were outside of the fire, and yet they were extinct. They were burnt to ashes. And these men who went majestically into the fire and furnace came out without smell of smoke on them. May I say this to you? That you are untouchable in the name of Jesus Christ. You see, until you begin to read the word and hold on to what the word of God says about your life and say, God, 
I take no no for an answer. Zero uh, zero tolerance in this particular area. It doesn't matter what the enemy is planning to do. I am not afraid. I am not impressed by the activities and the manipulations of the kingdom of darkness. I have made up my mind to believe God at his word. And if you do that, it's going to be well with you in Jesus' name. And then finally, let's look at verse 8 as I promised. Let's go to Exodus uh, chapter 20. Sorry, Deuteronomy 20, verse 8, and they will pray. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse 8. Let's go back to our text. This is interesting. It says, And the officers shall speak further unto the people and say, They shall say, What man is there? What man is there that is fearful? This is the fourth set of people. The first one that built the house is not ready. The one that make an investment. Uh, that planted a vineyard is not ready. The third one that just married and he has a wife, he has to go and settle himself, is not ready. And look at the fourth set of people. He said, and they shall, uh, it says, and the officers shall speak further unto the people and, say, and they shall say, what man is there, take note, that is fearful and faint-hearted, fearful, faint-hearted, let him go and return unto his house. And there's a reason. The reason is, lest he what? His brethren's heart faint as well as his heart. Did you see the danger of it? In fact, his own case is even worse. When you are fearful, you are faint-hearted, the Bible says that your influence of faithlessness, of doubt, and fear, and unbelief will have an effect on the others. So if you are one of them, go home. Go home. Because what we're about to see is fearful. Imagine God will tell you, take a trumpet and go into the battlefield. And you see them coming with their bazooka, with their hammer car, with their helicopter, and all this fearful thing. And God said, blow the trumpet. If you don't have faith, trust me, you're going to collapse right there with your trumpet. Because what you have and what God is going to do and what the enemies are coming with or what they possess is completely contrary to the natural issue of the battlefield. You're going to a battle, God said, take a trumpet. You're going to a battle, God said, call all the singers. Come and sing, praise God, hallelujah. In our own time, they will say, look at these crazy people. They are going to die <laughs> like, like chicken. What's wrong with them? What's your problem? In this day of technology and all of this sophisticated weapon, you are coming, praise God, hallelujah. What kind of nonsense is this? What is wrong with you? And you keep marching towards your enemy. Praise God, hallelujah. Praise God. God says, just praise me, just praise me. It takes a lot of God, stamina, courage to do that. You see, now look up and look at me. These are the reasons why personally we must have a relationship with God. And we must have faith in him because if you don't know how, it, how, how, how God works and how God is going to do whatever he's going to do, trust me, that alone will, will, just, will just destroy you. Praise God. Imagine at one time God said to um, um, 
the children of Israel. They built a wall, a Jericho wall against them. God said to them, they don't need to go push the wall. They don't need to go get a machine, tractor, or forklift or something to come push this thing. Bulldozer. Come and bulldoze. You don't need a RPG. You don't need a bomb. No. God says, go around the wall seven days ago, one time, and come back and sing. In our own time, you say, hey, but God, God, do you understand that we're in the days of technology? God, God, do, do you know what we're facing? God, no, no, God, you don't understand. God, let me explain to you. God, do you understand? Do, do you? And God said, I said, go around the wall once a day, seven days. And then on the seventh day, God says, go around seven times. And then when they're done, the Bible says God instructed the priest and the Levite that they should blow the trumpet. By the time they blew the trumpet, the war began to co- In fact, theologians, they didn't say, they, they didn't say that the war collapsed or the war fell. They said the wall sank in to the ground. <laughs> like that. Disappear. Imagine. Praise God. So for me or for you to face issues like that and God say, go and clap and sing. He say, hey, we know this. We know that God is about to humiliate us. We know that that's how he works. That's, that's how he does things. That is the voice of what? Unbelief, doubt, and fear. But those who have a personal, intimate relationship with God, they know the way God works. And God says, just smile. When you get to that office, don't say anything to anybody. Just smile. Stand there and smile. And you're going for an interview. You're going for a job. So don't say anything to anyone. Just stand there and smile. They're calling other people. They're not calling you. You just stand there and smile. Maybe the CEO is going to walk by and see that smile. Just that smile. Say, excuse me. Why are you here? And he says, I'm here for a job interview. Say, don't worry. Just come, 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 come. You don't even know that God already favored you, covered you with a kind of glory. That when you stand there, Whoever that CEO is, is going to be attracted by the glory and the presence of God upon your life. And that's how God is going to catapult you from where you are to where you ought to be. Wrong influence. The Bible says, God said, let them go and return to their house or their homes. Those whose hearts are fainting and those whose minds are not settled, they don't believe God. And the reason why they ought to go is because they're going to influence other people. Now this is the problem. There are people who are in the church who are fire extinguishers. When you want to act by faith, they say, leave her, sister faith. She has faith, faith for everything. Just leave her alone. She's not serious. Praise God. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to ex- extinguish your faith. A brother is saying, in the name of Jesus, it will work. In the name of Jesus, it will work. Another brother will say, ah, forget him. Ah, he's overzealous. Don't worry. These are the kind of overzealous. We know them. We know them. See him. See. See him. See trouble. You know what they've done? They strangulate your faith. And so now, when you hear that, you say, oh my God. See the way they are humiliating me. It's easy. Listen. Unbelief is difficult, in fact, I mean, excuse me, faith is even difficult to share, but unbelief is easy to spread. It takes one man to destroy the faith of everybody else in this house. I'm telling you. 
It takes one person to say it won't work. That's it. It takes one voice. It takes one, one agent of darkness to come and say, you know what? It's not going to be possible. Right there from that moment, that's the end. You remember the spies? They went to go and spy the land. Every one of them, they came with not even false reports, but lying reports. Because they came, with the, they came with the grapes, they came with the fruit as an evidence, but they lied to Moses. They said the, 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 the land eats up the inhabitants. But then at the same time, they said there are giants in the land. How does that possible? How can you tell me that there are giants in the land, but then you say the land eats up the inhabitants, then it's not possible for, for us to see a giant in the land. And God got angry. And it was only two people, Joshua and Caleb, they said the land is full with all that God said, all the promises, look at the fruit, look at the evidence, and we are well able. Let us go now and possess the land. Do you know, even though the Bible says Joshua tore his garment, Caleb tore his garment publicly in the midst of the people, and they said we are well able, let us go now. Do you know that it was only the two of them plus Moses still believed? All the rest of the people, they decided to act in unbelief. Have you wondered why is it that it is always the bad news, the fake news that spread faster than the good one? Do you know how many planes have landed since this morning at this uh, Pearson airport? Do we hear any news? Any information? Do we see anything on CP24? No, let just one mistake run through a very rough way uh, in the wrong way and something happens, smoke, just smoke. You see it on the news. So there was a plane that just dashed in. It was really an ugly scene and all of that. They call that breaking news. They always spread the negative news, the fake news, the false news, the bad information. But the good ones, people don't say. That is what is killing us. So God says people like this, don't even let them be among. Because you know what? They are going to influence others not to act by faith. And so I begin to wonder, why is it that God took his time to explain all these details? I am going to be with you. I am going to lead you. I am going to fight for you. But he says there are certain people among these ones that you need to get rid of, send them back home. Because if you don't send them home before we get into this battle, these people will frustrate you. This set of people, they will stand as an hindrance. This set of people, they, they, they will destroy whatever I am about to do. May I say this to you? There are some friendships. There are some relationships. There are some partnerships. Whatever kind of ships that you are engaging that you know is not enhancing the work of God in your life, is not helping your spiritual life, or is destroying you, cut those things off. All those kinds of ships. Partnership, friendship, relationship, what else? All the kinds of ships. Just disconnect yourself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because if you don't disconnect yourself with them, they will eventually disconnect you from God. Are we ready to pray this morning? Are we ready to say, Lord, I have heard your word. I have seen myself. I have acted in unbelief. Why? Because my friends are unbelievers. I have done the wrong things. Why? Because there are people who live the wrong life and they've influenced me. Are we ready to say, Lord, I am sorry. I've acted in fear. I've acted in doubt. 
But look at all your promises that you will be with me, you will deliver me, you will walk with me, you will help me. And Lord, instead of paying attention to you, I've been looking at the problems, I've been looking at the challenges, I've been looking at the circumstances. Look at the bigger future and look at the better picture. The bigger future, the better picture. Stop looking at yourself. You cannot do it by yourself. Stop hearing or listening or paying attention to the voices around you that are standing as an hindrance. Ask the Lord for grace this morning. Shall we lift up our voices and pray and talk to the Lord? Yes, Lord. Talk to him right now. And say, Lord, help me. Give me the grace, Lord. I will not pay attention to the achievement of yesterday, but I will continue to believe you, Lord, for all that you're about to do now. I will not allow myself to be suffocated or overwhelmed by the circumstances, the challenges, and the trials around. My eyes are settled and fixed on you and you alone, God. You will say like the psalmist, my heart is fixed, my heart is fixed, and I will not be moved. God is going to be with you in the midst of your battles. The Bible says, do not be afraid of them. Do not be afraid of their horses. Do not be afraid of their chariots. He says, I'm with you. In fact, I must warn you this morning that you ought to be afraid of yourself than the enemies. Because you might be the one that will act in unbelief and in doubt and in fear. Ask the Lord to have mercy upon you. You should have gone a long way by now. You should have achieved your goal. Your dreams ought to have been fulfilled by now. But you've been acting and living in doubt and in fear. For without faith, it is impossible to please God. They that come to him must believe that he is. And that he is the reward of them that diligently seek him. Imagine God says, I will lead you into the battle. He says, I will fight for you into the battle. I will destroy your enemies in the midst of the battle. And he says, I will save you. And yet, you are acting in fear. Acting in unbelief. After God has promised. Sometimes the greatest battle that you have to face is not the enemy, it's yourself. Face yourself this morning. Face yourself this morning. David faced himself. He challenged himself. He says, arise, oh my soul, arise. He also said, arise, oh my soul, why hast thou discomfited within me? In other words, there are times when within himself he might want to walk in doubt, in fear, and unbelief. Made up your mind and keep your eyes on the Lord.
have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No one Yes, I will follow. No one go with me. Yes, I will follow. No one go with me. Yes, I will follow. No Tony back. No Tony back. No one go with me. Yes, I will follow. No one go with me. Yes, I will follow. No one go with me. Yes, I will follow. No Tony the challenges, the bad news, and the pandemic, 
whatever constraints or battles, keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Looking unto him, the author and the finisher of your faith. Shall be well with you. Shall be well with you. Shall be well with you. Hallelujah. For those of you who are watching out there, if you haven't given your life to the Lord, you haven't accepted the Lord Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, or maybe you've not never repented of your sins, you've never asked God to cleanse you or forgive you. I want to pray with you right now. Say this with me, dear Lord Jesus. I come before you, deep down in my heart. I repent of every sin. Forgive me, Lord, for all my sins. Forgive me, Lord, for all that I have done wrong. Have mercy upon me. Pardon me, Lord. Cleanse me. I believe you died for me. On the third day, you rose from the dead. Write my name, Lord, in the Lamb's book of life with your blood. Holy Spirit, I covenant my spirit, I covenant my soul, I covenant my body unto you. Seal me, Lord. Seal me, Lord. That my salvation will be permanent. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved, if you've said that prayer, the Lord richly bless you. You are a child of God. Now you are privileged and you have access to all that the Lord has provided. I want to pray for everyone in the house and all of you out there who are listening, you are watching. I want to pray for everyone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall we raise up our hands unto the Lord right now? Thank you, Lord. Do something new in my life. Something new in my life. Something new in my life. Oh, Lord. Do something new in my life something new in my life something new in my life oh lord something new do something new in my life something new in my life something new in my life oh lord there's something new in my life, something new in my life, something new in my life. Oh Lord, raise up your hands everywhere. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Sharaboshke. Lembra da lagos katiele gabala. Father, we thank you for this wonderful morning. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of knowing you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Lord, many times in our lives, we tend, Lord, to assume our enemies to be stronger and better or bigger than us. But God, we fail to realize that there's no one bigger, stronger, or better than you. Therefore, Lord, we repent of every form of unbelief in our life, fear and doubt. Have mercy upon us in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you cleanse our hearts, oh God, from every doubt, every unbelief in the name of Jesus Christ. Many times we fail to look at you. We fail to pay attention to your word. We are keeping our eyes on the needs. We are keeping on our, our eyes on our problems, oh God. Father, we repent this morning. We ask for your forgiveness this morning. We say, Lord, we are sorry. Enable us to keep our eyes on you and you alone in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice. Whatever personal battle you are in at this time, whatever challenge you may be going through, whatever your needs are, I plead on your behalf in the name of Jesus. I pray that the Lord will see you through in Jesus' name. Every family battle, the battle of the strong man, occultic battle, witchcraft battle, the battle with failure, battle with sickness and disease and pain, battles of limitation, battles of rejection, battles of disappointment, by the power of the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come to an end, 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 in the name of Jesus. Every stubborn yoke of disappointment and rejection by the power of the Holy Ghost, I command you.
this moment the Lord will see you through in every area and aspect of your life in Jesus name pain in your body sickness and disease affliction whatever it is that troubles your life I rebuke the devourer now Pastor melt away in the name of Jesus Amen. diabetes melt away in the name of Jesus Amen. kidney failure melt away in the name of Jesus Amen. skin disease melt away in the name of Jesus Arthritis disappear in the name of Jesus. Every abscess in your body, every infection, wherever it is, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, I command you out, loose, out, loose, out, loose, out, loose, out, loose, out, loose. Out, loose, out, loose in the name of Jesus Christ. Every yoke of depression, every mental disorder, yoke of depression, mental disorder by the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus, I decree. And I declare, as from this moment, you stop, come to an end, in Jesus' name. As from this moment, you are not disabled. The Lord will empower you mentally. He will empower you psychologically. He will empower you spiritually, physically, emotionally. You shall be restored in the name Jesus you yoke of poverty you yoke of lack and want be destroyed by the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name I decree upon your life divine favor divine favor as we started this month of September, the Lord will remember you. I said the Lord will remember you. The Lord will remember you. As he remember Hannah, he will remember you in Jesus' name. The Lord will remember you for your court case. He will remember you for your immigration papers. He will remember you in your marriage. He will remember you in your businesses. He will remember you in your finance. He will remember you in your spiritual life. He will remember you in your traveling. He will remember you in every area in Jesus' name. This month, the Bible says, when the Lord turned the captivity of Zion, for them it was like him. I decree and declare, the Lord will use your life as a surprise to your enemies. This month you shall surprise them. You shall surprise them. You shall surprise them. You will be a surprise. 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 In the name of Jesus. I decree and I declare upon 
what no man can do God is about to do he's going to take you to places that you've never been to before he's going to cause others to favor you I pray that God's favor rest upon your life in Jesus name I decree and I declare upon your life that this year this month you will not fail whatever the Lord will lay upon your hand it shall be fruitful in the name of Jesus you will fulfill your purpose 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 in the name of Jesus I decree upon you this month of September nothing will die in your hand nothing will die in your family your financial life will not die your marriage will not die your health will not collapse your business will not die but that you will be fruitful in jesus name you will replenish you will increase you will multiply you will dominate in the name of jesus christ i pray for open heavens i pray for open doors all doors that have been shut the heavens that are stayed over you I decree and declare open heavens. I decree and declare open doors in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Surely His goodness and His mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. I decree that shall be your portion in Jesus' name. The Bible says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, from the Lord. The Bible says, in God there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I decree and I declare upon your life, it is well with you. 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 In the name of Jesus. It is well with your husband. It is well with your wife. It is well with your parents. It is well with your family. It is well with your children. It is well with your character. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says, God says, I shall do a new thing. And it shall spring forth. This month of September, I decree that everything that concerns you will become new. In the name of Jesus, they shall spring forth. They shall speak 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 forth. In the name of Jesus. This month of September, you shall be unstoppable. Nothing can stop you. No one will stop you. By the special grace of God, I decree divine speed to recover, to be restored. In the name of Jesus. That God will restore your missing years of your life in Jesus' name. Father, let your grace permeate every aspect of our life this morning. Let your glory permeate every aspect of our life this morning. Lift up your hands, lift up your voices. Begin to thank the Lord. Begin to bless the Lord. Begin to give Him praise. Worship Him for all that He has done right now. Exalt him, magnify him. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Bless his name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. 
and you have pains on your body I want to assure you this morning that that pain has disappeared in the name of Jesus you came in depressed you've lost sense of direction unsettled in your mind the Lord has refreshed you this morning in Jesus name you came in this morning and you were sick the Lord has healed you this morning in Jesus name you came in this morning you don't have what it takes and you were anxious you were troubled you were fearful I want to assure you that the Lord will lead you in the midst of every area of your life it is well with you in Jesus name I say it is well with you in Jesus name it is well with you in Jesus mighty name hallelujah we want to thank those who are watching all over the world we want to appreciate you for joining us we thank God for your lives God richly bless you we pray that you continue to join us on Wednesdays for our Bible studies on Friday for our miracle session and on Sunday at 11 a.m. keep us in your prayers we love you and have yourself a wonderful day God richly bless you praise God hallelujah hallelujah we want to thank God praise God we want to do this quickly before we go by the special grace of God hallelujah the communion is available and we want to just partake in the communion of the Lord within the next five